Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. There you go, Bill. I was waiting for that. I almost forgot. Again. <laughs> Jeez. Man, I'm not going to renew your SAG card. I can't <laughs> follow the rules here. So it's important. Important stuff. I feel like, you know, it's like, you know, just like you can't start a flight without that flight attendant instruction. You can't start our podcast without you saying that line. And, and it's one it's one line. The, the older I get, the more easily I get distracted. I'm sorry. I should just turn the email off when we're recording the podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's do that right now. Turn your email off so it doesn't ding. Okay. How, how long right. have you guys been doing your podcast for? We started in the, the early part of the pandemic, okay. May. It was around Memorial Day of 2020. Yeah. And it was like actually here where I'm sitting right now, Bill and Joe came over and we just, cause we thought we had to all be in the same room and we had like, I had actual mics and right. stuff and we recorded it. And next thing I know, somebody threw it up online and it was like, does this mean that we have to do this every week now? And it kind of did mean we have to do this every yeah. week now. So oh my God. Now. That was three years ago? <laughs> it was. Oh my Lord. It was. I had no idea. And, and, and with the exception of one or two of them, I have been responsible for editing every oh, single one no. of them. Good yeah. stuff right there. there. Because it because you're, you're so star. good at it. <laughs> well, it actually started as a way to make sure I could preserve my job in troubled yeah. times, yeah. you know. And then my job came back and with a vengeance, and now I have an extra job on top of it, which is <laughs> it's okay. I'm not complaining. Never be good at something. Yeah. When, you're, and, when yeah. you're good at something, it it always comes back to bite you. Weaponized incompetence is a real thing for a reason. <laughs> and what I what I really learned is I don't ever admit when you have a college degree that you know how to type mm. because yeah. that's where they'll keep you is mm. in the typing pool. <laughs> Just a word to the wise. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore, but in my I, day. I, I still get compliments for how fast I type. Yeah, me too. Cause I type the interviews and people are always kind of amazed at this. Oh, yeah. And then I balance ball on my nose and not really get one. <laughs> the trick. Amazing. <laughs> so anyway, that was Bill Sutton that you heard at the top of the podcast. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. I just had an acorn fall on my computer. I don't know where. <laughs> and also here with us is Joe Shaw. Hey, Joe. Don't let it grow. If it starts putting down roots, you're gonna you're gonna have some issues. There. Oh, oh, they grow everywhere. Hey, I'm Joe Shaw. I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group. And I'm Annette Hankel. I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us today is a very special guest. So we have Sarah Zarowin with us today, and she's an adult reference librarian at West Hampton Free Library. We don't get a lot of librarians on the show, so we're very happy to have Sarah with us today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So this is a fun one. We Sometimes we do dire, dire, dour topics, but not today. No. Although... The need for what you've been what you're doing make baby is a little bit dour because it's all about the birds and the bees. So, Bill, this was a story that you um, wrote in the recent edition of the paper. And so I figured maybe you should jump in here and talk about why you did a story on Sarah um, and her work. Sure. Well, um, it, I mean, it started a, a, my interest in the story started a few months ago at a West Hampton Beach village board meeting oddly enough and um 
Sarah was there and she talked to the board very briefly um, about planting a pollinator garden at Glover's Park in in the village. And there wasn't a lot of discussion because the board was really on board. And Sarah had been there um, a few times over the last few years talking about the garden. It got delayed a little bit because of COVID and then the work that the village was doing um, on, on Main Street. But we um, we we connected and made arrangements to talk a little bit more about when the garden was actually built. Um, so they they uh, they dug the garden, put it together um, early last month. I think it was June 8th. Um, they brought in some people and planted a bunch of plants um, in a in a corner of of Glover's Park in, in West Hampton Beach. And if people in the area haven't been to Glover's Park yet, and I, I mentioned this in my story, it's it's really a kind of a hidden treasure. I mean, that you, you immediately go from the hustle and bustle of Main Street um, to to this really um, nice, quiet, uh, very green. There's a, a fountain, um, and it's it's a park that was bought with CPF money, so it's it's public, publicly funded park. Um, <clears throat> but I, I I digress. Um, I I made arrangements to meet Sarah out there after we. Um, after the garden was planted and and she gave me a, a tour of it and we talked a little bit about it. And um, I think it's just really interesting that that the library has um, has has uh, over over the years, I think the the libraries have have found new ways to be relevant and involved in in the community. And this is certainly one of them and and so doing something very nice for for the environment and 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 also um, as an educational uh, tool to to talk to the community about uh, about the need for pollinator gardens. So Sarah, are you an expert at pollinator gardens? I wouldn't call myself an expert. I kind of... Um, well, you are now, right? Yeah, now. I am now. I mean, <laughs> you asked me to put together a pollinator garden. I got you. <laughs> but so the idea came up like like we said it was it was right around the time the pandemic had hit um and i kind of fell into it because danielle the library director wanted to do something with the village and no one else really wanted to be the spearhead of the, the project and i was just part-time at the library at that time and i wanted to to be important so it's like i'll do it yeah let me let me see what i can do see just like me in the podcast here yeah be careful what you like yeah. agree to do <laughs> right right we're just talking about that yeah exactly um i've learned my lesson no um, just don't tell them you can type <laughs> <laughs> i um and and also at that point we had just um in the last few years started the Anne Scovec Seed Library. Mm -hmm. And I was also running that. And they were like, yeah, so you you do seeds, so you can do a garden, right? Talk a little bit about the, the seed library since you it's, since you brought it up. I, I think that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. So um uh we had gotten our idea from other libraries. Other libraries had started their seed libraries, uh Riverhead, uh it, they have had their seed library for many years. And it's really cool. It's, it's like a really large card catalog that they have, and they just shove seats in there, and patrons can come and take, and they can also put seeds in there too. Um, but we, so we were like, oh, let's let's kind of take this idea, and um, 
ours is much smaller. It's it's just like these two little card catalog things that we got off of Amazon because <laughs> they don't they don't make real card catalogs anymore. <laughs> There, there's but, an irony um, there, Sarah, that you guys had to go to Amazon yeah. to, yeah. to get a card I know. catalog. <laughs> it wasn't Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I... <laughs> Although they should sell card catalogs there too. Um, so yeah, so we got our idea from from Riverhead Library, and we were like, why not? Why not try to do something like that here? But we so right now we we give the seeds we let patrons take four seed packets um a month per household and it's it's really um we limit it to just the west hampton library card holders because it's such a it will go very fast and it's a lot to upkeep to but we don't right now take seeds back i mean if 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 patrons um save their seeds and bring them to us, we'll take them for sure. Uh, but we haven't gotten a lot of people do that yet. <laughs> Mostly like vegetables or flowers or both? So we have vegetables and flowers. Um, we have, a, uh, there's, a, there's herbs, vegetables, flowers. Um, let me give you a list. So for flowers, we've got bee balm, butterfly weed, there is calendula, zinnias, nasturtium, cosmos. Although I have to, I have to put cosmos out because I don't have them out right now. Um, Some of those are pollinator flowers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the butterfly butterfly weed, the um, the bee balm. Yeah, and I mean nasturtium. For the most part, any any flower is gonna be a pollinator because. Right. When the, I mean, in, in my eyes, I, 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 like bugs are going to land on it. Their little, little feelers are going to land on another plant and it's pollinating, you know? <laughs> so you've learned a lot since you came to this project. <laughs> very, very basic yeah. uh, knowledge of this, but. <laughs> so, so the, so the seed garden kind of blossomed into, uh, uh, into it, the it pollinator. Right. Did you see what I, I did, there? What you did there? Yes. <laughs> we have a Mack truck right through that one, Bill. Beautiful. So the new garden, it's um it's not huge. It's about what 20 feet wide by seven feet deep, I think you're said. Yeah. And you have a, a total of yeah. 76 plants in there. And yeah. thirteen varieties. So I'm wondering, like, mm -hmm. did you do some research about what should go in there, and what are the most helpful plants for pollinators, or did you kind of leave that up to the design experts who you brought in? So I did a little research, and I also got some insight from a so uh, Nancy Lombardi. She is a woman that works uh, or works with the West Hampton Garden Club and with the Rensenburg Garden Club. And she is a lovely patron who I got in touch with to, to see like what I needed to do for a pollinator garden because the West Hampton Garden Club has worked with the Quag Library to put in a garden there. And I was like, that's awesome. Let me, let me steal some, some ideas from that. And she gave me a list of 
of the plants that they used. And she kind of helped me like figure out um, like what native plants might be good. And for a pollinator garden, like you're gonna wanna get a lot of native plants because what that's like the best thing for, for the local species and everything. Uh, and so a lot of the plants that are in the garden are, are native, but there's a lot of non-native ones, which is according to my sources, okay. <laughs> because it's still gonna do the work that it needs to, to, to help everything. Critters. The critters, yeah. <laughs> the ecosystem. The ecosystem, yes. But yeah, so I got a lot of help from Nancy. She gave me some insight on what I needed to do. And then I got help from Doug with uh, Dragonfly. He worked with the Quag Wildlife to put in their pollinator garden. And he had ideas of what, like, what plants should go in there too. And I kind of took both of their ideas, chose the plants, and Doug and, and the guys at Dragonfly organized the whole garden, but I kind of designed the shape. <laughs> and what? yeah, so there were a lot of helping hands. I'm definitely not like the the person who did everything. The okay. queen bee. I'm not so the queen bee. <laughs> so to speak, yes. Although... I'm a bit of a queen bee. I think sure. we're going to let you be the queen bee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be the queen bee. Yeah. So, Miss Queen Bee, I'm wondering if you learned, did you learn a lot in your research about the um, plight of pollinators? Like, what's um, what's the situation in terms of where they are as far as their numbers go, the decline? I mean, it seems like it's a worldwide problem is with pollinators disappearing. I was talking actually to a bug guy the other night, a friend of mine who's um, a moth expert, and he was saying that the number of moths that have um, gone away in this country is amazing. And it's like, yeah. you know, driving across this country. You remember when we were kids that your windshield would be splattered with dead bugs? You don't, it doesn't happen anymore mm. here. Not uh, as much, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, by the way, just as an aside, I just read the other day that one of the theories about that, though, is cars are more aerodynamic now as well and that's another reason well i don't believe that now. i will tell you why i don't believe that i was just in portugal a few months ago with my husband and the bug death was much uh -huh. thicker and we were cleaning off our windshield on a daily basis and i asked our my bug friend about it and he said yeah they don't use nearly the pesticides in europe they're much more strict about what they can be that can be used and there really uh -huh. are a lot more bugs in europe than there yeah. are here well there you, there you, there go. you go i have proved this with my own experiment that is <laughs> That is very interesting, and I definitely can see how uh, we just put chemicals on everything. <laughs> we, yeah, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not a huge expert in in the specific numbers and everything, um, but I know that like there has been a lot of like colony collapse for bees and they're one of like the main pollinators right and so they're so cute i i can't <laughs> i don't want them to go away yeah. so <laughs> people are afraid of bees though that's the thing we just had a thing in the paper about how you know people see something that's like yellow and black striped and they want to just kill it and that's not a good idea i used to be afraid of bees i really did i remember as a child what <laughs> i remember this vividly 
being in, in the, um, the, the driveway of my house screaming because there was a bee just next to me. <laughs> I was like, Dad, get it away from me. Yeah. Wow. And now they're just so cute, fluffy guys. So you're going to get a hive in your backyard. I know it. So. I honestly, if, um, <laughs> if there was a spot that we could put a, a, a colony or a hive or anything, I would put it at the library. Yeah. Um, if as long as as Danielle would would accept it, but <laughs> but there and it's also hard too because you want to put it in a place where it's not going to be messed with. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't trust people not to mess with it. Yeah. No, I get <laughs> no. that. I think I mean I've actually heard about like beekeepers out here who've had their hives tampered with and their bees killed mm. while they're in the farm field yeah. like intentionally like sabotaged oh. isn't that really that yeah. is disgusting disgusting I, for what reason i wonder if that's changing and people have more knowledge now about the importance of bees i i, I, I would hope so maybe i mean unless it was a competing beekeeper maybe they just did, were jealous <laughs> of the i don't know maybe they wanted the job themselves i i, I don't know there's Boy, that sounds like a, a bee tree, doesn't it? Boring beekeepers of the Hamptons. <laughs> if there's that much infighting, that's a good story. Surprise, no one's written that yet. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Cordoraro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books, collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. Well, I, but I mean, I think that's why the, the West Hampton Pollinator Garden and the work that the library did there is, is so important because it just helps to, to educate the community that, you know, if, if people aren't aware of of, of the issue and, you know, and, and what's going on, then this is the perfect opportunity to, to step in. And I know, Sarah, you said you guys want to, want to erect some kind of um, plaque, you know, near, near the garden to, to describe w- what it is and, and why you did it and that type of thing, right? Yeah, I do. I want to, um, I want to put a plaque out. I want to put little labels for all the plants too, so people know what they're looking at. Oh, good. <laughs> and, I do also want to maybe get a solar powered bird bath. I don't know. I want to make it look nice. I know it's gonna it's gonna beef up a little bit. You've just started it, and so yeah, just started it. Yeah. I'm curious, Sarah. Is is part of the plan here? I mean, it's obviously ornamental, and it's it's also have has this purpose as a pollinator garden. Are you also hoping to sort of get into people's consciousness that this is this is something that you can do at home and to show what kind of plants you can use and what it looks like and how simple it is to set up. Is that part of the the goal here? I mean, it is definitely, definitely part of it because 
we do need more wildlife areas, you know? I mean, we're taking over the island, we've taken over the island. Yeah. And I feel like we need to give it a little bit back to <laughs> to the the creatures that are more, more natural habitats. Yeah, the the natural habitat. And um like I, I know people who have like their entire lawn is just uh like a wildflower everywhere. All pollinator plants so that they can give back to the the environment and it would be great if if a lot more people could could do that i mean right now i should i should do that with my yard <laughs> so i wonder do you see i mean i think it could be kind of cool programming for the library to actually offer an educational component where you take people to the garden and maybe that could be a program that you guys do where you get people to sign up you take them there you walk them through and talk about the plants and then help them sketch out their own garden for their backyard I'm just going to write that idea down because <laughs> very cool, very cool, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can actually make programming around yeah. it. You know, like the, this garden isn't connected to the property of the library. I'm just curious, how did the library sort of get tapped to put this together? So it was really just an idea that, that Danielle wanted to kind of like work with the, the town to provide a community garden but the library garden that we have is kind of behind a fence and it's like you have to go into the library to go into the garden so it's not as easily accessible and people can't enjoy it like like you would in in Glover so Danielle thought why don't I why don't we talk to the village see if we can work with them to use some of their space to to make the garden and there we went (laughs) Well, and I think it was lucky probably that the village has been over the last couple of years, um, you know, finally making improvements at, in the park. So a lot of improvements. It's a, fit, yeah. fit in fit in with with their with their work to make the the park more attractive too. Yeah, yeah. They, I I mean, the park has definitely come a long way. There's a lot of bushes. They've put a lot of plants in the walkway that comes up from Main Street. It's just beautiful. They've they've really done a lot with it. And hopefully this garden just added to the to the beauty. You know, I, I actually went over there yesterday and I was looking at the garden and it is really it's really blossoming. Um, but it's been so hot that that some of them are, are getting a little toasty. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I can't wait for this heat to go away. Do they have irrigation? Yeah, there is irrigation. So is that the village's job? Right. So because it's it's village property, they have their own irrigation system and everything. We didn't have to put in, in anything. They just had to kind of move some sprinkler heads around. But there's irrigation in there. And also because it's village property, it's going to be maintained by Dragonfly, who does a lot of work with the village. But hopefully this is also something that like the community can go in and say, oh, look, there's a weed. I can just do a little a little reading let me help the the community (laughs) you know outsource it basically yeah right exactly i i want to also see if i can get maybe like the teens to to do some projects for the garden to maybe some community service they can go in there and weed the garden there you go um but i i want to make sure that it's it looks nice forever yeah (laughs) So I don't want any any crazy people going in. 
start pulling you know? stuff out thinking yeah. exactly <laughs> good point. i need i i need clear cut rules for this, <laughs> this garden <laughs> so have you gone back to see what kind of critters are moving in like have you has there been any early reports on who's using the garden for their pollination i have seen some bees nice, nice. yep there were some bees buzzing around and you didn't run away this time i didn't run away <laughs> this time no i did accidentally smack one <laughs> because i was i think i was just like moving my my hand and it was like it hit it and i was like oh no i hope you're okay buddy <laughs> well, the first residence <laughs> I think I, I annoyed it a little bit because it did kind of like fly at me, but it, it didn't attack as often. Word's going to get around in the bee community that it's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it is really satisfying with the pollinator plants when you start to see, we planted uh, Russian sage and you get a lot of moths. Mm -hmm. um, the little, what are the, the white, moths or cabbage moths i believe that's what we called them in the midwest yeah. i don't know what they're i think that's what we called them in pennsylvania too they're like cabbage yeah. moths but they're they're important pollinators yeah. too and and that's a thing to remember and we planted bee balm uh last fall and we're very excited that our bee balm has now it grew really nicely but now we've got the blossoms and they're just gorgeous yeah. and we couldn't be more excited about it i think bee balm is also one of those plants that grows it gets bigger right i mean it yep. spreads out yeah yeah bee balm butterfly bush they they all just like yeah but so it's it's i think a lot of homeowners making decisions for landscaping i mean it was an easy choice for us to to try and move towards some of those plants that that would be good for pollinators and it's just something i think everybody should do honestly it's a lot easier to take care of them too you know these species mm -hmm. don't require you know the massive amounts mm -hmm. of water that like roses do that don't really benefit many yeah. animals yeah. at all absolutely i'm wondering if you're gonna get hummingbirds too like are there species i hope so i really hope daylight? yeah i um i hope that because I mean, we think of like pollinators as just like bees and moths and stuff, right? But like, there's like birds and hum and hummingbirds, and there are bats and butterflies. All the butterflies, butterflies yeah, yeah. There, it's milkweed. It's, it's so exciting to think about all the little creatures that can, yeah, just like hang out Move there. In. Move yeah. in, yeah. I love it. Yeah, that would be fun. You could almost like maybe yeah, take some kids in there for like a watching session and they could bring their sketchbooks and do a little little sketching and yeah. document who comes to visit. Yeah. Right? You know, it might be interesting uh, for the library. You said it's uh, about 27 square feet, right? You said 20 by 140. Seven. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's 140, that's 140 square feet. Yeah. Journalists don't do math, <laughs> just to let you know. Journalism <laughs> math. Sorry about that. Um, it would be math is not my strong suit. <laughs> it, it might be cool if you did a little sketch that showed what kinds of plants you put in and for that size yeah. garden that's the size of a garden that, that a homeowner could put in easily enough and you could almost give them a blueprint for here's the here's the uh you know, here's the flowers you guys have such good ideas yeah. you want to come work for the library i think oh we would probably be happy to share that information well, too. we yeah. know that jonah had a whisper because he was whispering to siri earlier so he's got the library voice now <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, Bill and I actually did talk about maybe I could put together a map of the garden and just like 
list or where all each of the plants are and everything. And yeah, I definitely wanted to take the time to do that. Um, I'd have to set out like a whole afternoon <laughs> to look at the garden and say, okay, that's right here, that's right here. And then do a little. So you did the work. So it makes mm -hmm. it easier for the next yeah. person, you know, yeah. to, to just say, hey, I'll just follow what Sarah did. She, she made it work. That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like that idea because it really would make it so much easier because people don't necessarily know. And there is really an art to to creating a pollinator garden. And I don't know the full art because I am not a landscaper and I'm not a super gardener and everything. But um, I know that that certain plants go together like and they'll they'll help each other with like shading and everything and and color wise they all go like the way that they go together and it's there's a whole art to it but not everybody's going to necessarily know oh i should put this here yeah, sure. put that there sure. and if they don't want to hire someone to do it it would be easier if they can just pick up this like pamphlet that has a picture of everything or like I said, or do a library workshop. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Bring them there, show them it. And you also could bring in experts, you know, like maybe one of the, the landscape designers who helped you might come in and yeah. do, a, do a talk or something or, you know, somebody who or somebody from like wow. Cornell Cooperative, you know. Yes, Cornell Cooperative does a lot that, yeah. That might be fun. And then they could get the seeds from your seed library to start their pollinator. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Ellen Diogardi. I'm the director of events for the Express News Group. I'm also the president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. Community really matters to all of us at this company. I know it's a good part of why I'm here. We've hosted more than 50 of our Express Sessions events in Southampton, East Hampton, and Sag Harbor, focusing on issues that matter most to residents of the East End. We bring the most important government and community leaders and topic experts together in one room, and we often find answers to complicated questions, and we grow stronger together. This all takes staff time and company resources, but it's our job, and I'm happy to say we really love our work. But we can't do it without our subscribers. If this kind of community work is important to you, you can support it by becoming a subscriber. To subscribe, visit 27east.com slash subscribe, and thank you. I love that this region's libraries are so proactive with, with these things. And, and you know, we, we had a story this week about the Library of Things that that all the different libraries are doing in the in the region too, uh, loaning out really interesting items like yeah. beach chairs and telescopes and car diagnosis tools. I just love that the libraries out here, almost every single one of them, I think, is so vibrant and so much a part of the community and and doing things like this to to plant <laughs> seeds. <laughs> no pun intended, but but really genuinely to to do things like this that that. Will will spread throughout the community. I think that's great stuff. Yeah, spread and grow. Yeah, spread and grow. Yeah, um, libraries and as a librarian, I would say libraries are very important. And and I mean, growing up, we all thought libraries are just books, and you go there to to read and research and get shushed at. But <laughs> <laughs> but these days, you can go there to get movies or just sit and be in the cool air or go on the internet, you know, um, because not everybody has 
that luxury to to go home and and do um but then we also have fun things like telescopes and we have a tennis racket and baking pans <laughs> seeds we just recently um introduced our spice <gasps> library um so yeah we we just partnered with um Sayville spice so we have the spice club and uh and a spice library so patrons can come in and take two spices <laughs> a month um and they come in these like cute little uh glass jars and so that's helpful if someone's out here and wants to make something and they don't want to buy like a thing of yeah. cinnamon or whatever and you can get the baking pans too right yeah yeah what about a cup of sugar? We uh we don't have any measuring tools to to, to check out, but <laughs> but <laughs> we can point you to the grocery store for Aww. sure. Um, Savil and Spice is the name of of the the spice shop, and um one of our other librarians lives near Savil, so so she was able to go there and and check it out and see all the spices that they have. So and we are now a spice island. We are Spice Island. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. And um there's some really cool spices that you can you can check out at the library. Um and there's also the spice of the month club, which you get this month is mango powder. Ooh. Yeah. <gasps> and uh yeah, and, and in the you, so you get a you pay for it just a dollar. Um because you know. We unfortunately do still have to make money somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it all goes back into the community, of course. Um, so for a dollar every month, you can get a little spice and then a few recipes and a $10 off coupon for Seville and, or Seville wow. and Spice. Um, yeah. That's good so deal. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the library has so many things. We've got hotspots people can, can can check out if they they don't have internet at home or if they're going on vacation they can get uh, a hotspot to bring with them. Um, let's see what else do we have? Oh, that's good to yeah. know. Yeah. And of course, all museum tickets and, and oh shows and all yes, that. Yes, we've got museum passes. Yes, we've got we've got our museum passes. We also have discounted tickets to the aquarium. Um, recently, we just got Bronx Zoo tickets. Wow. And yeah, um, so yeah, we we are quite a staple in the community. I would like to to sure. think. And now you're and now you've welcomed the pollinators into your hive. So yes. to speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. We love what we do at the library. It's it's pretty rewarding because I mean. Like I said, people think that uh, we're just books, but we're really not. We're way more than that. <laughs> so much more. We're so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And then when they realize, they're so excited. And it's, then they never leave. And then they never <laughs> leave. It's important to get the word out. Let people know what's going on. Yeah. Um, any any plans for any future gardens? Or, um, I mean, you guys obviously want to see how this one works out in Glover's Park. but. Um, um you know what what does the future hold so i don't know what the future holds for now this is the only garden that i'm going to be a part of 
but I am thinking about putting my own, like some planting my own garden. But um, for now, this is it. I mean, I I I want to see how well this one takes off because I know sure. in the next few years it's going to blossom even more and just like fill out. And I kind of want to just reap the benefits of this one right now. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, this was three years in the making, and I finally got it done. I am not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give her a break, Bill. Like gardens don't grow on trees. Oh wait, they kind of yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Talk about that a little bit too, because I mean, you you guys were were all ready to go in March of 2020, right? And gee, what happened? Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what would have happened in March yeah. of 2020 to make this thing. Uh... It had to be a little a little frustrating with all the with all the delays because as we said it was right you know it was it was first it was the pandemic and lockdown yeah. and then the village was doing all the, the main street work for a couple of years but you guys were were eager to get going during that time yeah it for sure was frustrating because I kind of wanted it to just I wanted it to just happen you know and I mean yeah. like like anybody wants something to just happen it just be done with it so that you can relax <laughs> and so we contacted mayor moore in early 2020 uh before the pandemic really hit and we were going to go to a village meeting and then the pandemic started and we were like oh we're gonna we're gonna go on zoom and pitch it we all thought it was just going to be two weeks right <laughs> But then it wasn't. Um, yeah. And so we got approved in in March 2020. But because of the pandemic, we we weren't going to be able to actually come together and do anything because nobody wanted to to risk it, right? Um, and then the next year, they were redoing all of Main Street, and which is beautiful. Um, so we we had to hold off because they were they were all over Main Street in Glover's Park doing things, and then last year they were doing the sewer project in Glover's Park. So things just weren't lining up until this year, which is awesome. Well, it's actually probably better if you had done it earlier. You might have torn it up again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put in all the work that had to get ripped out for some yeah. other project, and, right? And I'm glad that it took a long time too because when I first was approached with the idea of putting one in I didn't have all the knowledge that I do now about how to put it together and everything I feel like I would have figured it out <laughs> but but sure. I think I'm, I'm much happier with how everything turned out now for sure because I think it it really just worked out sometimes things happen in their own time right yeah yeah for sure I also wanted to ask about a little bit of, of of the motivation, and obviously, you guys wanted to 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 be more in in the community and all that. But but you you know when when you and I were talking, you were talking about United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which were kind of yeah. the guiding force for you yeah. guys in 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 wanting to put this together. Um, and there were a couple of those, right? For sure. So the United Nations within the last five or so years, I think, had really started to try and promote these goals for people to meet to help the environment and, and just do a better job at living on this planet, you know? <laughs> and, 
And so, well, there were there are a few points that we we wanted to to hit with the United Nations, and one of the goals was number number fifteen, which is life on land. Um, so, life on land, of course, uh, are are pollinators, right? So we wanted to to do something where we could sustainably develop a garden that would support the life on land. Uh, number seventeen was another goal that we were able to meet with partnerships. So you guys partnered with, with the village. We, we partnered with the village. We partnered with uh, Dragonfly. And that's Doug Nappy from Dragonfly Landscape and Design, right, in, in West Hampton Beach. We've talked about it a couple of times. Let's give him the big shout out, too, that, that he was instrumental. Yes, Doug Nappy. Yes, him and, and Barbara Nappy over there. Great people, very helpful. And he really, I... I owe a lot to him because I was very nervous about how I was going to get the garden planted. I was thinking, am I am I going to have to do this myself? Am I going to have to corral some teens into doing this for community service? How am I going to get this done? And so I was like, well, maybe there's like a local landscaping company that could give me some ideas. And then I found Dragonfly through the village um, and actually... Um, Nancy Lombardi, who I had mentioned earlier with, with the West Hampton Garden Club, she had mentioned that that Dragonfly did a lot of the maintenance in town. So it's like, okay, oh, I'll check with Dragonfly, see what they say. And Doug was like, well, why don't I help you? Like, let me help you do this. And really could not thank him enough. Like, I was so happy that he offered to help. I wanted to cry. <laughs> That's those those part partnerships again that we were talking about, right? Yes, exactly. Those partnerships, they're, they're really, really important and really helpful. <laughs> so get out there and get your pollinator garden growing. Get digging. If you want help, go see Sarah at the West Hampton Beach Library. Visit me at the West Hampton Beach Library, the West Hampton Free Library. I am there almost every day. Um, Passing out <laughs> seeds. <laughs> She'll be the one with the bees flying around her. Uh, yes, exactly. I'll be wearing the gardening hat. Um, <laughs> You've got a new role now, Sarah. You got to live to it. The queen bee. Yeah. I I might have to add that to my name tag, queen bee. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you. Or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.